don't call it a comb back, I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Grab my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Every race has winners. Come get your share. This is the Press Box. And it's neck and neck in the home stretch. The jockeys are tiny, the horses are big. Suspiciously big. Unnaturally big. Well, let's just say if you like your performance enhanced, we've got you covered. With Grady and Bischoff. Dramatically fewer fixed races. Not none, but that's why they call it gambling. On ESPN Las Vegas. We don't foresee any problems, but we'll admit it was a last-minute decision that didn't get discussed with the whole team. All right, here we go. So Thursday, Ed, Tyler, Lindsay, and Danny. Danny's running the show today. No idea where Jared is. Could, we could see him walking outside and looking in the window here any second. This is mini Thursday vacation. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy you come in reading the newspaper. Yes. Um, did you I guys, work for the newspaper. Did you guys put Dan Orlovsky on the cover today? Uh, we did not. Dan uh, Orlovsky. On the front page. Most no. quoted man in America. <laughs> yes. Made... <laughs> 5C. Oh, oh, man. You guys 5C. got Paul Cotter on yeah. the front of the Paul sports page. Cotter making his case. Come on. Absolutely. He's playing unreal yeah. right He's now. He's doing great. Yeah. yeah, but did he criticize Derek Carr? Come on. No, he didn't. Come on, Paul Cotter. Not yet. That's what we need. The week is young. We need <laughs> Paul Cotter criticizing Derek Carr. The first bite. Oz. Is Derek Carr <laughs> avoiding throwing to Devontae Adams? The one word, guys, that we talked about at the facility yesterday, and I think Orlowski used this, was purpose, on purpose. Yes. Like, I have a problem with that word. On I purpose? Th- I don't think he does it on purpose. Hmm. I don't think he's doing this stuff Certainly isn't doing a lot of things with intentionality either. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Did you, you like the film, by the way? If you missed uh, Dan Orlowski on ESPN, he had a three-play example where Devontae Adams is open and Derek Carr doesn't throw to him. And according to Orlovsky, he sort of breaks down the defensive coverage and the routes that are being run and is like, this is where the ball should go. He's like, based on the coverage, based on the play, this should be the number one read. Devontae Adams is open and Carr doesn't throw into him. Orlovsky said, I've got more examples, but we're on TV, so I can only show you three. Mm -hmm. So Dan Orlovsky basically points out multiple times where Devontae Adams is open and Carr doesn't throw him the ball. And the word, you're right, is purposefully. He says that he was... He did it on purpose. Right, was not throwing to Devontae Adams on purpose. And can can we think of a reason why? Like, if you're Derek Carr, why you would sit back and say, I'm not going to throw to Devontae Adams on this play? Unless, like, McDaniels literally says, we want to get these guys' touches. We, we intentionally want to skew the offense this way, maybe to hopefully come back to Devontae, but that just hasn't been happening. Maybe they got the Green Bay Packers game plan all screwed up. You know, we're trying to get everybody, uh, <laughs> everybody a little bit involved. of love. Yeah. <laughs> the game plan part's the interesting thing because when Derek Carr was asked about this yesterday, part of his answer was, I'm trying to do what Josh McDaniels wants me to do. Right. <laughs> like, right. he basically right. defaults to, well, I'm doing what the coach wants He does wants that me a lot. Do. The Mac Jones answer. Right. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is... I mean, if we're being honest, a quarterback that's in his ninth year should probably be like, yeah, sometimes the coach wants me to do this, but hey, Devontae Adams is open, so I'm going to throw it to Devontae Adams. It's a very weird place to be because the other part of this, 
is that Devontae Adams had 10 targets on Sunday. This isn't yeah. a game where Devontae Adams got thrown to twice. No. Right. He's got 34 through three games. But it's not the situations you would think. Well, Carr's not, yeah, he's not throwing right. it to him when he's wide open. He's forcing it to him at times. And the bigger issue is Carr hasn't been accurate most of the time throwing to him. There's yeah. that. Like, that's the bigger issue here. So I think this, like, if we're looking at the Carr Adams thing, how big of a deal is it three weeks in? that he's had his worst two-game stretch since 2015. Well, maybe this doesn't mean as much, but do you guys think if they make these small plays and they're 3-0, and Dan Olofsky does even does this? No. no. No, certainly not. But that's all to, that that that's what it is, though. That's the reality. It's that if you're losing and things aren't working, then something clearly needs to change. And what we've heard from McDaniels, what we've heard from Carr, it's just like, well, we're going to stick to our plan and we're going to hope that it works out. Well, we're all waiting for it. Right. Yeah. So I... It's a very weird situation to be, but the part that I found the weirdest was Josh McDaniels got asked about this, and we're not going to play the audio because he gave a three-minute long answer, which he's, is way he, too I long. told you, he's an expert at knowing how much time he has <laughs> in the room and knowing if the answers are long enough, he doesn't have to answer as many questions. So I'll read a couple of the quotes that he gave in that three minutes. Uh, McDaniels said, We've seen a lot of different things in three weeks much of which may not have shown up in the scouting report based on what a team played against someone else. The scouting report almost takes a right or left turn at the beginning of every game because a team decides to do something dramatically different than maybe what they decided against two or three opponents prior to your game. And so I think that getting used to that, being able to adjust to it and still be productive, which is what we always try to preach, the most important thing we can do is read the defense because if you're going to assume that one guy is going to be open or I have to throw it here again, the defense always has a vote in that and they're going to determine how they're trying to cover you. Okay. Did McDaniel say they <laughs> did he basically just say they can't adjust in game? Kinda. Or that they're preparing for the wrong game plan and then just scrapping it right away. Right, it just right, seems right. like they're doing a bunch of homework that wasn't due today. Right. Like, yes. like I when he said that, I heard well, the defense changes their game plan from what we thought, and then we've got to figure out how to adjust on the fly, and we haven't done a very good job of yeah. that. No, I think that's exactly what he said, reading between the lines. Do they suck? Like, why? Uh, why? Uh, the results say they do. Like, if, like, basically, if the defense sticks exactly to the Raiders' scouting report, then they're 3-0. They're good. Exactly. They're 3-0. But as soon as they bring a random blitz that they haven't shown before, uh-oh. And we he says he knows it's going to happen. It goes left or right at the beginning of the game. <laughs> why, well, why, why wouldn't you plan for that blinker? Like, I don't understand it. It's that, that, to me, was a bizarre quote. Because that was, to me, I took that Absolutely. as when the other team does something that we weren't prepared for. We struggle adjusting to it. We're done for. We struggle with a lot of things. Like, that's not, that's not very good if that's what's going to happen here. Like, you can't have that every week where it's like, ah, if we haven't seen it on tape before, we have no idea how to play against it. Because here's the other thing. Listen, I'm not a defensive scheme expert on what the Cardinals or the Chargers or whoever have been playing against them. But are these teams running some exotic defense that the Raiders or McDaniels or Adams have never seen not before? Not when Devontae mm-hmm. Adams stands in front of us every day and says, I've seen everything there is in football. Right. He says, I've seen every, 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 he said it again yesterday. He goes, there's nothing I haven't seen in, uh, defensively against me. So, sure, it might not be something that was specifically on your pregame scouting report. But it can't be something so foreign that McDaniels, Carr, and Adams right. can't figure it out. Right. These guys, I mean, two of the guys have been playing for eight years. McDaniels has been coaching for 
two decades, three decades, whatever it is. Like to me, that was just like you're not very good as a coach if that's what you're telling me. If you're saying, hey, we what what's the most they've scored in a game this year? Like 21, 22? They 22. Yeah. 22. So you're telling me that uh, three games in, you haven't broken over 22 points once. And part of the reason is because teams are not doing exactly what you expected them to do defensively. That, to me, says a lot about the coaching staff. That, to me, says a lot about what Josh McDaniels is doing in-game to have his team ready to play. It's not, And that's not good enough as a coach. Well, and what's the quote? Uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I'm not saying that talent doesn't work I'm gonna hard. Say, but I'm going you... to you throw you out of the studio. Well, hey, I had that the on the back high school this, baseball. Listen, come, come on. on. You're talking about that momentum. I had come a, uh, I had a softball t-shirt with the, for the girls. Oh, I'm going to throw both of you out of the <laughs> studio. That, that had that saying on the back of the... Talent that works was, hard, but this but is hard. a talented roster. Like they should have enough talent on that offense to basically ascend past some of these mistakes, right? You would think that that would be part of this experience, and we just haven't seen it. That execution level, that right. confidence level, isn't there. There shouldn't be. It shouldn't be this bad. There shouldn't be like, oh, this defensive scheme we didn't prepare for right. means Devontae right. Adams can't, can't get can't get open or can't get thirty right. yards exactly. Right. And that's the part that's right. And so to tie it together with Dan Orlovsky's, you know, videos of, hey, Adams is open, but Carr's not throwing him. And McDaniel saying, well, we're not adjusting very well. Maybe that's what it is. Derek Carr's going into a game, a series, a single play. Believing it's going to be one way. With a certain expectation. Right. Yeah. And when it's not right. that, he struggles. He doesn't, oh, they left Devontae Adams open on this play or mm-hmm. whatever it is. I, maybe it's as simple as that, that the coach is not doing a good enough job having the guys ready when something changes, but then also on a play-to-play basis, the quarterback's not doing a good enough job of realizing, yeah. oh, it's not exactly what I was expecting. They left Devontae Adams open on the five-yard curl or whatever it is. So I'm going to say it's more than that than him purposely avoiding De- Devontae Adams. <laughs> I just not, don't think, I yes. don't like the word purposely. I, I just don't, don't think that that's happening. I don't think he's avoiding throwing the, no. Because again, he's thrown it he to him He targeted him 17 times, times in the opener. Right. Right. He's thrown it to him 34 times over yeah. three The game's moving fast for him right now, so he's not yeah. getting those, those secondary and tertiary reads and able to execute on them as well. And the other thing that uh, we heard yesterday Uh, I think McDaniels and Carr both alluded to it was the idea that it takes time Mm. between him and Adams and a new offense and everything. I personally hate that excuse because all we heard during the off season, Oh, we played in college together. We throw every every off season. Yep. I, I don't think you can spend an entire offseason telling us how close you are with Devontae Adams. And then three games in be like, ah, take some time with this new offense. I'm kind of getting worried about Devontae, not necessarily how he's playing, but like his attitude towards this, because just because of that expectation, like you, you have that expectation that they're going to do well, that he's going to have this almost seamless transition. And not only has that not happened, but this team is bad. They're losing. Yeah. They're losing. Yeah. And so you also have to wonder how much adversity that that partnership has gone through and working through some of this, because it could have come so easily to them for most of their career. Well, he's definitely frustrated. Right. You can see him after games. He says it. If they angry and frustrated. like angry, frustrated. Mm-hmm. In all seriousness, if they stop a two point conversion against Arizona and win that game and get the two pointer against um, this last weekend and, and then, then win the game and then win in overtime or something, right. and Adams, even if he had no catches in overtime, Devontae Adams probably isn't frustrated. He might be a little frustrated with, but he wouldn't be saying it. Right. I've got 40 mm-hmm. something yards in two games, right. but it wouldn't be, this would not be the issue. We'd be no. on the ground saying, oh. They, they made just a couple more plays that had nothing to do with Adams. Right. But when you 
trade your first and second round pick for Devontae Adams, and then you have back-to-back games where he's under, what, 30 yards or something like that, less than 50 in two combined games, it's absolutely fair to be like, all right, what are you doing with this guy? Like, right. it's great. Matt Collins, fantastic. Found We're Maybe they found a good you. receiver. But if you're going to lose games with Devontae Adams being essentially a non-factor, it's a big deal, right? If you can yeah. get that production out of Matt Collins, you never should have given Matt away. Matt Collins with about 60 more yards and 15 less targets. <laughs> so... Car should throw to Hollins more? Well, if he doesn't, we're going to have film on it. Film at 11. <laughs> Do you know how great it would be if Orlovsky came Let's in on Monday? It was like, Car's purposely not throwing the Mac, Mac Hollins. He only had three targets. It's the only thing they're fighting success in, and now they're turning away. All right, coming up next, the Golden Knights beat the Avalanche 7-1 to in a preseason game last night. The other way, Paul Cotter comes in with Polisar. Cotter around to the left wing side. Back ends at left point for Cormier. To the right for Whitecloud. He shoots. Redirect score. William Carlson got a piece. Tonight's strike in the first minute. One, nothing Vegas. A shot saved by Thompson. Rebound knocked away. Thompson sprawling in the crease. Playing right to the final minute. Drive from the left circle. Saved by Thompson as the final seconds come off the board. This one's over. The Golden Knights 7. The Avalanche 1. Preseason game three goes to Vegas. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Coming up in about 10 minutes, uh, if you got fantasy football questions, we'll get them answered. Joe Bartell is going to be by from Rotowire. Jeff Erickson's, I don't know, traveling or something. Not playing golf, apparently, but we got no, Joe Bartell. No, he's traveling today. Traveling. He's traveling. This is good because I need help. We got Joe Bartell <laughs> from Rotowire. So fantasy football questions, you can text them in now. 69187 is the text line. Make sure you type ESPN and then whatever your question is and send it to 69187. Whatever fantasy football questions you have, send them to us. We will ask Joe in about 10 minutes and he will help you out. Uh, But going to some golden nights here. Preseason game. uh, Last night they beat the Avalanche 7-1. to Logan Thompson played all 60 minutes. He saved 25 of 26 shots and Zach Whitecloud had four assists. Lindsay, you were there. I was. Does any of that game mean anything given the lineup the Avalanche put on the ice? Well, if you want to take their lineup into account, not really. I mean, <laughs> the only person that we would probably know is uh, Brad Hunt, and, and he's an, a hell of a player, but not exactly a guy that spends uh, his time in a lot of starting lineups right now. But, you know, they had uh, Alexander Gorgiev in their net, who they have traded for to make their starting netminder, and man, was he bad. Boy, he was awful. And that he got lit up here last year, too. Like, he's a little bit of a spider monkey of a goaltender. He's very, very athletic, can get very springy. But we also call types like his the floodgate because once you get a couple in, there's going to be more to to happen. And they were able to get two quick ones as uh, the highlight plate of William Carlson less than a minute in. And then another one in that opening 10. And then same thing happened in the second period. I was like, you should probably get your starting goaltender out of here who's playing the B team during a preseason game. Like, <laughs> might have some psychological effects. But what do I know? Six goals allowed on 18 shots. Yeah, yeah that's about as bad as it gets. Wait, why, why would Colorado play a starting goalie with Brad Hunt and a bunch of AHL guys? Because he's still got stuff to prove. I mean, you got to get him time. You got to get him in that that game speed that can't be replicated in practice. That can't be really. I mean, preseason games are different too, but you just want to see shots from people at full effort. And you're having a lot of guys that are trying to make an impact, trying to make a name for themselves, potentially a lineup. And so you get that desperation. It just, 
it was hard for him to stop a beach ball last night. I don't know. I went to the kitchen twice for water, and he gave up goals by the time I got back to the Barco Lounge. <laughs> yeah. How far away he is your terrible. kitchen? <laughs> My kitchen's about 10 feet away, getting some water. Yeah, it was um, brutal. Logan Thompson, he sees less than 30 shots, but plays the whole game, gives up solid. one goal. Really it, solid. The goal wasn't his fault. Uh, if anything, he was, he was a little bit ahead on his timing. Sometimes when you see shots through traffic, you see the, the puck go off the stick, but as it moves through the bodies, you get a little bit ahead of it, and so his hands basically blocked it down a rebound, went to the ice that shouldn't have, and then somebody was there to knock it away. And so that's, again, timing stuff. That's him getting used to uh, how the NHL kind of fire shots towards him and and making those adjustments. But for the most part, he looked great. And uh, most of the team did too. But that's what happens when you have such an offensive display. All right. So is is it real in terms of the competition? What do you mean, is it real? Is it real? Is there really a competition? Or oh, it, between the netminers? Yeah. Or is it Logan Thompson's? I mean, I mean is it re- it's his job to lose. Like, you have invested in him to be your starter, your long-term answer to the future, but Aiden Hill is also very capable netminder as well and somebody that hasn't been given, like, a full cup of coffee in the NHL. So he's going to push. And I think as long as Thompson is making the saves that he needs to, and I know that's probably, like, a very blanket statement. I feel like Tyler's like, that's another one that should be on a T-shirt that we shouldn't be talking oh, about. But, like, I might have had that on the T-shirt. The like I said, the goal he gave up. That sounds up, like do your job, which yeah, is something exactly. that would be on a T-shirt. T-shirt, t-shirt just do your job. <laughs> but like I said, there, there's little intricacies in the position that can get you out of position, that can get you in mistiming. And, and there's so much going on upstairs. And so for him, I, I just want to make sure that he is getting that that – basically baptism into this league that where he can feel comfortable that the puck is coming to him, that he's not getting ahead of himself because you can really start having those racing thoughts. And all of a sudden you're just kind of all over the place. And the big challenge for him, I think will be uh, to stay contained in his crease because he's so athletic, because he's so explosive. Not every single play calls for him to go uh, 45 to the back door where he has to stretch out. Sometimes you only need to move like three inches. And so I think that's where his big challenges is in that patience and doing less. I coach that up a lot. I'm like, we think we have to do a lot as netminders. Most of the time, we don't. Yeah, your meat bags. That's the exactly. That's we just are. stand there. Guys. That's right. It's so easy. You just block like ninety percent of the net already. Right. You How athletic move. were you as a goalie? Pretty athletic. I mean, I'm all limb, and so I, I, <laughs> I, I was really a good t-shirt. at. Yep. I, here we go. But um, yeah, I, I was good down low. I was good on the breakaways. I hated pucks. You know, when they would roll out of the corner, that wasn't my favorite thing. But I also like to put the puck back out into the play a little bit too much. My coach would always yell, cover it up. You're trying to get the whistle. I'm like, I want to keep playing, though. I want the choppers. Like, let, let's let's have a little competition here. <laughs> so the thing I'm curious to see, and I'm, I'm making the assumption Logan Thompson's game one starting goal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that could change, but I'm making that assumption here. I'm curious to see what the playing time breakdown is in the regular season. Because obviously, yeah. you're not going to play the goalie all 82 games. It's not like the starting quarterback spot where we named a starter and – that guy's going to play every single game. I do gonna... Thompson to Hill one. So Thompson to Hill one much. and then see where it goes. 70-30? No, just see where that goes. And then how long are you seeing how that goes before making decision? Because obviously we could ha- we could start the season and Logan Thompson could like not allow a goal for like yeah. five straight games. Or we could start the season and Logan Thompson could be give Fair. up five goals every yeah. single game. I'm also curious to see how long Bruce Cassidy kind of goes with, well... It's just a short sample size early in the season versus, yeah. uh-oh, 
this is a young goalie who's never really proven it. I've got to go to Aiden Hill or Michael Hutchison or whatever it ends up being. Yeah, it really just depends on the mentality because if he's not feeling comfortable, if he's chasing the play, if he's getting himself out of position, then yeah, sometimes you have goaltenders take a step back. But until you see that, you, you say until we make a decision, the decision will be made by the players and, and, and the play will reflect what direction this team is going to go into. But ultimately, they need to let this team ferment. Even if things get a little gnarly in the, in the early goings, like you have to let this team work its way through because there's so limited opportunities to go through adversity, especially with the Pacific division and how the opponents aren't exactly like the hottest of all. And so I really think allowing that team to wallow, if they do end up in that position, will pay off for them in the longer run because we've seen what happens when this team scoring dries up. They basically, they go into a box and they can't get themselves out. And so you have to learn how to work through these things. And I'm holding up the this morning's review journal that Tyler also <laughs> great looking at his, paper at his house. It's a darn good looking newspaper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where's Kolofsky? Cotter makes his case. He's making left wing team. impressive again. Scores goal and win over abs by abs by Ben Goats. Uh, is he making a case? Is he going to be yeah. on the opening night? Yeah. Is, he, is he going to be on the opening night roster? I think so. I, I think he'll be in every single preseason game because you're like, make me take you off the ice, and, like, and, like you know, force us to send you away. Exactly, exactly. And and he's making a, a really tough case for himself. Like he's involved with every play. You can tell that the play has slowed down for him upstairs. Where if he's approaching the puck, he already knows where he wants to put it with that next play, rather than getting in and be like, oh, where do I go next with somebody on him too. And when you see somebody playing with that confidence especially at his age that's something you for sure want to reward you want that part of your lineup too because this is such a veteran heavy team you have to have some of those young legs that young kind of motor infused in that lineup because that's who you want on four checks that's who you want in penalty kills because that's what he's going to be on this team if he's able to make this roster but I mean Jake Lishizen is skating really well too but ultimately Cotter's the one that's executing and so he's the one who's scoring goals. He's the one that's scoring goals. He's the one that that's involved, and he's the one that's noticeable every play that he's on the ice. Is he waiver exempt? He's totally getting sent down if he's waiver exempt. <laughs> I don't think he is. That stuff confuses me. Wait, you know, <laughs> you know what's going to happen? What? Logan Thompson's going to get sent to the AHL. Why you say that? Because the not counting Laurent Brossois, who's hurt at the moment, but mm-hmm. Aiden Hill, Michael Hutchison, Logan Thompson, three goalies. Only one of them's waiver exempt, and it's Logan Thompson. So if they wa- if they want to se- if they want to send one of those goalies down, if they d- decide to send Aiden Hill or Hutchison down, they have to go through waivers. Mm-hmm. So any other team could claim them, but Logan Thompson can just go straight to the AHL. He's not going to the AHL. They, I, at some going. point, he's going down. Probably not, but I don't know. They played salary cap gymnastics, That's exactly and I'm just like, what's whatever, you guys like. They're just, like, we got to send you them down. Open yourself up for vulnerability sometimes. That's what that they're going to do. Does. That's, That's 100% what's going to happen there. I got to figure out if Paul Cotter's waiver exempt because if he is, he's definitely going down. He I'll could score like friendly. 17 goals in a row, <laughs> and they're still sending. I think uh, if he scores 17, he might stay. It's been a minute since we've had a young guy that we're really excited about. No, he is not waiver exempt. So oh. Paul Cotter on the roster. Mm-hmm. Paul Cotter opening night. I mean, listen. They don't want another Patrick Brown situation, let you, me tell you. You said if he scored how many in a row, they'd keep him up? 17. Well, you said you, you said 17. I Remember, said 17. I, I, Brandon Peary scored like eight goals in 10 games, and then they sent him down. Brandon Why? Peary was the score. Remember him? Because he was the way he was waiver exempt. <laughs> he, he couldn't stop scoring, and they sent him down because he was waiver exempt. And they did a little Gary Lawless video with Kelly McCrimmon. Remember like, that? Can, can <laughs> you explaining why? He'll be back. Don't yeah. worry. Because they the guy so, was... They were so petrified of the fan base. The guy was on the hottest streak any yeah. player has been on in this franchise. <laughs> and they sent him down. And it was like, 
what the hell are you doing? Yeah, he was in the doghouse for most of his time here. But he did for like 10 games. He was not. Yep. And then they said, and he had NHL experience at the time that was at a premium. All right. Fantasy football questions. Send them to us now. Coming up next is Joe Bartell from RotoWire. If you've got fantasy football questions, text them to 69187. Type ESPN, then whatever your question is, whatever players you're deciding between, text that to 69187. We'll answer those with Joe Bartell after the break. From the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Joining us now from RotoWire is Joe Bartell. You can follow him on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports. And if you have fantasy questions for Joe, you can text them in now. 69187 is the text line. Make sure you put ESPN and then whatever your question is and send that to 69187. We will get to your questions. Good morning, Joe. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Joe. Hey, happy to be on. Happy to talk some fantasy football with you guys. All right. So here in Vegas, we have had um, drama this week surrounding Devontae Adams and how much Derek Carr looks for him or doesn't look for him. Uh, Are you one that believes when there is like criticism about a team's top wide receiver not getting enough looks that he is going to get a ton of looks in the very next game? I think it depends on the matchup. Um, Ideally, you're able to make the superstar player feel a little bit better. And I, I do believe in most situations that's going to happen. It's not like Adams isn't getting targets just because Matt Collins is getting targets too many. Ten, ten throws last week is not bad by any means. The issue I have is the Broncos secondary is actually really good. They allow the fewest points to fantasy wide receivers. So no matter what Devontae Adams looks happen this week, I think it's Patrick Sertan and the company that are going to be really difficult to make things uh tough for Devonta Adams to really capitalize on those opportunities, however many he might get. I mean, I would, I would anticipate double-digit targets at minimum, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a fantasy asset this week. Not, not that you can't, I mean, you have to play him, especially where you're drafting him. I would just temper my expectations for his, his fantasy outlook this week. Hey, Joe, Lindsey Brown here. You talk about matchups. I'm getting smoked in my fantasy league, and it's not really my fault because it was all auto-drafted. But But that is your fault. Okay, but I I have Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, and Tua, and the Raiders are playing poorly, and Russell Wilson is also doing that. So do I stick with Russell Wilson, or do I do Joe Burrow and Tua with uh, both of those guys playing tonight? Wait, are you in a super flex league? Why do you have three quarterbacks? That's a great question. I just kind of showed up. Uh, we have like linebackers in here as well. Yeah, I'm 0 and 4 or 0 and 3. I can't even count. That's how bad I am at this fantasy football. Okay, all right. So I, I like the deeper leagues. The IDP IDP leagues are always fun too. I would just say if you are only needing to start one quarterback, the fact that you are blessed with three really good ones probably should be someone should be tra- targeting the trade. I mean, all the injuries that have happened thus far, whether it be to Dak Prescott or Tua, right, where we were having concerns about his um, uh, back injury, not concussion, certainly not that, says the NFL, um, mm. or like Jameis Winston, right, too, who I don't think actually plays this week uh, against the Vikings. There has to be somebody that'd be interested uh, from a quarterback perspective in one of those guys. To answer your specific one, I do think I played Joe Burrow. Um, there's something to be said about I guess knowing your fate already after Thursday's game, whether or not you're going to have a good week or a bad week that I, I do find valuable. It's the same reason that I like starting players um, on Monday night games as well, too, knowing, all right, I need X amount of points from this player, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. you'll get over the threshold. There, There is some like mental part of that aspect that I actually find valuable. So I would play Burrow this week. Um, and, and it's, I mean, like two is an interesting option as well. 
I, I like the weapons he has, and I think the Bengals secondary was a little bit overrated after their Super Bowl run. But I, I believe this is going to be a more important game for the Bengals and the Dolphins. And for them to be successful, it's going to have to be on the back of Joe Burrow. So I think have a good night. Um, this is going to be a really important matchup for the Bengals, and I, I have faith that it'll come through. Six nine one eight seven six nine one eight seven. Preface your text with ESPN. Joe, we're going to uh, throw a lot at you here, uh, as we do usually with Jeff. Rashad Bateman or DK Metcalf? Yeah, we finally had a, good, a DK Metcalf sighting last week after the first two weeks of struggling, and that's where I go back to that Broncos secondary. Week one, you think about DK Metcalf and the targets he got. Well, they're, they're just a good secondary, and, and I think stopping things a lot. You saw the Falcons not as good of a secondary, even though AJ Terrell is one of the better corners in the league. I like DK Metcalf against the Lions. There's going to be a lot of offense, I believe, in this game. Uh, Vegas says over under 48 points. That's enough for me to say DK Metcalf over Rashad Bateman. Another one from our text line, Tyler Boyd or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Hmm, interesting. Uh, I would assume full point PPR if that's the case. Uh, does not say in the question, so I don't know. I'm going to lean towards that way for this question. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to answer with Edwards-Hilaire. I, I know that Tyler Boyd has had his moments this season, and I also believe he's going to be fine enough against the Dolphin secondary, which is really, really good at two areas. I think Higgins and Chase might struggle a little bit, but the slot is the one area that's vulnerable, and that's where Tyler Boyd's successful. So he'll be fine, but I think Edward Solaire is still my option that I'd rather go with. We, we've seen him get more involved from a running perspective. I think the passing is going to be really important, though, this week against the Buccaneers. That's one of those, again, mental perspective. I like having that Sunday night game to be able to rely on. And Edward Solaire has been scoring. like He, he has been successful in that facet, so... Uh, it's a close one. Uh, really, you could go either way, but I lean toward Abbott's Lair. 69187 is the text line. Uh, type ESPN, then whatever your question is, and we'll get Joe to answer it for you. Start two of these three. Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith, Jeff Wilson, or Pierce, I'm assuming, is uh, in Houston. David Pierce for the, yes. for the Texans, yeah. Um, hmm. I, I think... Wow. I'm, I'm really trying to bait on Jeff Wilson here. I think I want to have uh, Damon Pierce in there, and I also want to have Devonta Smith in my lineup. I, I get concerned. I'm not saying – I think Devonta Smith is a really talented player, and I'm not saying last week was a one-week wonder type of deal, but why wasn't he more involved in the first two weeks of the season, especially when the offense was still you know, humming in all cylinders? That makes me a little bit concerned that you can be successful from the Eagles' perspective without needing to use Devonta Smith, whereas some of these other guys are not always the case. Um, that being said, it's against the Jaguars, and I think there are some passing perspectives available – whether it be A.J. Brown or Dallas Goddard or Devonta Smith. So I think it's Smith and Damon Pierce, who, um, you know, Chargers run defense, not looking as great, especially with Joey Bosa out for the immediate future. Uh, I'd like him to kind of finally take over that starting role after the first two weeks of the season where we were like, is he going to get there? Is he going to get there? No, he is. I think he's, he's the guy now that's going to usurp Rex Burkhead pretty clearly. Let's stay in the worst city in America. That's Philadelphia. Uh, the Eagles are getting a lot of love right now, but so are the Jaguars. How do you feel that this matchup is going to go for the members of that offense that are going to be on the road this weekend? Yeah, it's interesting. Weather could be a factor. I don't know. I, I, I'm many things, but uh, meteorologist, I am not. So we have 52% chance of rain this week uh, on our site right now. And that can obviously change, uh, especially with all the hurricane stuff going on. But what, 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 what weather will mean and what will impact uh, the entire you know, United States could be really interesting over the next week and a half from a fantasy perspective. If there is weather involved, I think Miles Sanders and that running group does more than they have this past week. And Jalen Hurts probably gets a bit more involved, too. So Jalen Hurts is an automatic start every week, obviously. But will the passing game still be effective in the, in the rain? I think so. Again, I, it's not like the Jaguar secondary is fantastic, 
from a flip side perspective, this will be a big big test for that Jaguars off. Can James Robinson be effective? Can Christian Kirk continue to be a massive touchdown hog like he has been over the first three weeks of the season? My answer is yes, I would think, to both those questions. Um, over under at 47 points would indicate to me that uh, the powers that be also think there's going to be offense involved on both sides of, of this matchup. So I would, I would be comfortable starting him. I don't know. There's not many better options that you have uh, outside of like Christian Kirk and A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. Like, those guys are solidified in their standings as wide receiver two and three and one. Like, I, I feel good enough about both sides of that matchup to be successful. Do you think DeAndre Swift plays? And if not, uh, here's one, Zeke Elliott or Jamal Williams? I don't. I don't believe DeAndre Swift is going to play. I know just those quotes at the beginning of the week where they're saying, oh, if we get him back after week six with that bye week, he'll be plenty rested. That we're already mapping something like that out makes me a little bit hesitant to say for sure DeAndre Swift is going to play, uh, especially if Swift is out, Jamal Williams becomes a top 15 play for me overall uh, against that Seahawks defense, which I just don't think is very good, and that there is supposed to be offense still involved, tells me that Jamal Williams getting – 25-plus touches in that matchup would be more than fine, even if he gets like 80, 85 yards. Uh, I think that's like a floor for him. So I would start Jamal Williams over a lot of other people I think this week, provided we know for certain the Swift's not playing. Joe Bartell with us from Roto-Wire. If you've got fantasy football questions, you can text them to 69187. Preface your message with ESPN. Uh, here's another one. Is Alexander Madison worth a play this week yes. or just continue to stash him? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think um, I think it's going to be Delvin Cook that ends up playing. He was not practicing Wednesday, but we have two more days yet where he's considered day-to-day. We've had Delvin Cook dislocate his shoulder plenty of times before. It feels like not just a yearly thing, but a semi-weekly thing at this point. And they have always just successfully put this harness on him, and he's carried on. We saw it last year. Multiple opportunities where Delvin Cook ended up playing games, and we're like, wow, he's got a dislocated shoulder. Why is he doing that? If Dalvin Cook is not playing, obviously I think you have an opportunity for Alexander Madison. You could continue to stash him, like you said. Um, but until that point happens where we know Dalvin Cook is out, I'm not I'm not utilizing Alexander Smith. I think the Vikings feel con- uh, completely comfortable with the workload that Dalvin Cook can do with that harness around his shoulder. Like it doesn't matter to them whatsoever. Um, they keep calling it the device, and I think like, it's. The fact that they have like a surname for for something that happens with a dislocated shoulder makes me a little bit it's like wow, you guys are a little bit too comfortable with that idea. So so long as they are fine using the device for Double Cook, and I think they're going to be uh, comfortable trotting them out there and getting his usual workload. Would you be more concerned about performance uh, in that matchup in London between the Vikings and the Saints, or that potential relocated game for Tampa and Kansas City? Yeah, the the, the London part of it's interesting, and again. We're going we're gonna to have a lot of information already known because they're going to have to travel on Friday, the Saints. But the fact that Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas were not practicing today as well as yesterday, that makes me really concerned. From the Saints' perspective, I just think there's less offense involved if you have Andy Dalton out there. And I love Chris Olave. He was one of my favorite dynasty wide receivers this year. He'll be more than fine even if it's Andy Dalton throwing to him. But you can only do so much. Uh, and, and the secondary is the weak spot for the Vikings. If you don't have many weapons to be able to target that, well, I think the, the Vikings kind of dictate the tempo. And even with the, the traveling concerns happening there, I, I anticipate it's going to be the Vikings that can uh, more or less handle that matchup. I'm not worried whatsoever about the relocation for the Chiefs and Buccaneers. Um, I'm more concerned about who is playing for the Buccaneers because we saw last week against the Packers, uh, Brady really couldn't do a whole lot with those wide receivers. If Julio was able to play, if Chris Godwin was finally able to come back, that's going to matter a lot more to me than where they're playing. I think these guys are professionals, especially these two teams, these two offenses, they're going to be more than fine, uh, whether it's Minnesota or elsewhere. 
Last one from our text line before we let you go, Joe. Uh, Christian McCaffrey or Christian Kirk? Oh, man, that's a really interesting question. I would imagine whoever drafted Christian Kirk in uh, round seven or eight this year was like, man, there's no way I'm going to have to worry about playing home for Christian McCaffrey, but here we are. <laughs> McCaffrey, McCaffrey's workload has been more than fine. The over-under at 42.5 makes me a little bit worried, and provided McCaffrey will play, he's listed as questionable currently. Um, I, I just have a, I, I have a hard time moving away from him and what he can do from a pass catching perspective, even though Kirk has been fantastic. Uh, you're still getting plenty of targets over the first three weeks of the season for McCaffrey, and he's getting carries too. I, I can't move away um, from that. He drafted McCaffrey as, as high as he did for a reason. Provided he's able to play, I'm, I'm going to have McCaffrey in my lineup. Well, he is Joe Bartell from RotoWire. Joe, we appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for Joe. answering all those questions. Appreciate it. Yeah, happy to, happy to be on. Thanks, guys. So there's Joe Bartell answering your fantasy football questions. We got one more text. Um, Dan Orlovsky doesn't have Devontae Adams on his fantasy team and is trying to trade for him. Meanwhile, Carr and McDaniels also don't have him on their fantasy team and are trying to keep his scoring down. Not Purposely not throwing yes, to him? Yes. Purposely. <laughs> Carr's got <laughs> Adams and won't throw to him. So there's your reasoning. Uh, obviously, it's all fantasy football related. Coming up next, we'll get into some Thursday night football as the Bengals host the Dolphins. Kind of get my treatment and, and do what I do. So just see how I feel. And if you have any more like those type questions, just talk to Coach Belichick. I think, you know, he likes to answer those questions. So <laughs> you can ask him. <laughs> day by day, Phil. Day by day. That's the plan. Day by day. Are, um, is, are you and the team on the same page with Mac and his team as it comes to the injury and how to progress or how to move forward? Not really sure what the what the nature of the question is. Day by day, it's getting better. See how it goes. Day by day. Does he have a high ankle sprain? Day by day. What do I look like? A doctor, an orthopedic surgeon? Like I don't know. Talk to the medical experts. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. I think any time a coach says, don't ask me, you got to ask the medical staff, the medical staff should immediately be brought into the press conference to answer questions. See, that's what we thought originally we might get from Josh McDaniels because all of his time in England, we haven't gotten that. I wish we would get that. What, ask the medical staff? No, just like him saying day by day. Oh, day by day. I'm not going to give anything away. No three-minute bits. Because the three-minute bit sometimes is three minutes that says nothing. Correct. So you'd rather just cut it off short and go like 10 seconds. Because it's the same thing. Day by day. Yeah. yeah. Hard work be beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. <laughs> <laughs> McDaniel Practice says that. Habits. McDaniel says that Mark Davis has to walk in and fire him immediately. <laughs> day by day? No, no. He says the t-shirt slogan? The hard work beats talent when talent doesn't yeah. work hard. Just you know, immediately. mindset. Immediately gone. Get just get out of here. Exactly. Get out of here. The Bengals and Dolphins play tonight. Tua is expected to play with his... Uh, Back injury. Definitely a back injury. No concussion. Um, but the part that I'm most intrigued with is Tyree Kill and Eli Apple. So yeah. the Bengals beat Kansas City when Tyreek was a chief in the playoffs last year. And after Miami won in week three, Tyreek Hill said, I can't wait to go against Eli Apple. I owe you, boy. I owe you. I'm here. The cheetah is here. That's it. Um, 
not Eli Apple, but his teammate Jesse Bates said yesterday, if somebody comes after Eli, he comes after all of us. We're all up for the challenge. And then also said, I don't know if Eli got him tickets to the Super Bowl last year or not. I think that's probably why he's a little upset. Eli's one of those weird exceptions where he hasn't really found a place where he can be who he is, but he has beef with like multiple people in the league. Like (laughs) he doesn't seem like a good enough player to have beef with enough people in the league, but he does. If you're was, a did he corner. have beef when he was here with anybody? Well, he was here for was, like two days. That's he's right. Like, he was here. He they was like cut New him. Orleans. They, they cut him really fast. And then immediately had like one of the five worst cornerback groups yes. in the league. <laughs> <laughs> did not work out well. Addition by subtraction. I think if you're if you're a corner, you probably have beef as soon as you play a game with some wide receiver. Right. That's just that's, that's yeah. just the laws yeah. of football. You're just gonna be mad at a receiver. So but I'm fascinated because I love trash talk. And now I want to see, is Tyreek Hill going for like 130 yards in this game? Oh. Or is he having like two catches for 26 yards? I hope he goes for 120. I, I kind of do too. Two scores. Yeah, I oh, hope he does too. Man. That'd be great. Whoever is most likely to continue the trash talking after well, the game is who I want to win. I think it's him. So For sure. Tyreek Hill. What do you say? Cheetah's here. Cheetah's ready. <laughs> <laughs> That is referring to yourself in third person and it. by your nickname I love all it. at once. So, so yes, I think, yes, Tyree Kill, I want to go for like 130, two touchdowns, and then it better, Amazon better interview him after the game, I think not it's the quarterback. Great for Tua's development, too, honestly. Like, I think it's great that Tyreek is the most outspoken guy on that team because it takes a lot of pressure off of the kid. Honestly, of Tua, yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. have to say anything. Exactly, he, he did yesterday. And McDaniel, they say, Microdose McD, I call him because yeah. he's Tua said, on something. If the if that's the matchup and Tyreek is one on one, just know he's getting the ball. So, yeah. oh yeah, Tua's that's about as hard a trash talk as Tua will say. It is, but it is probably the most he's ever said too. So I'm all on board with this. This is I I need Amazon to give us picture in picture. And just yeah. a little box Whatever. every time Tyreek and Eli Apple are matched up. I need one Amazon one. not to give me the circle on the freaking Get a better internet connection. <laughs> and say your internet connection is down. Do you want to try again? Get a better internet connection. Come on, Bezos. Try, try watching on Twitch. Get that fiber optic network going. Twitch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all free on Twitch. Yeah. Bring the newspaper. Read it on Twitch. It'll be viral in two days. I'll have this. I'll bring this in tomorrow. I'll I'll tell you who won. I'll bring in a copy of the Review Journal and tell you who won tomorrow. Are you sure? It might be Paul Cotter on the front (laughs) page again. Oh, no. It's going to know. Come on now. You're going to have to flip the 5C to find the Thursday night game (laughs) because Paul Cotter scored in practice today. Watch out. Paul Cotter's coming. Um, Give him a letter. Tyreek Hill. All right. That's what I'm cheering for officially. Give me the picture in picture on the wide receiver in the corner. Honestly, we should probably have that in every game just to see them fight. Every number one receiver versus the corner.